Don't say goodbye, moi, and goodnight, bang, as the best pod machine has arrived. What's up, shot shooters, and welcome to the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast, a podcast that is all about, you guessed it, the world of professional wrestling. I'm your host, Broderick, and joining me are... Hi, this is Chen. Hi, guys, it's Jason. Uh, we do have producer Chris on the show, but as you know from last week, he went to Saudi Arabia, and he didn't get enough sweet Saudi blood money, so he's not allowed to speak uh, this week. So instead we got a couple of very special guests today to discuss New Japan. We have Sam. Hello, I'm Sam. <laughs> this is a great segment already. And Mike. Hello, thank you for having me. Much more polite. Um, so, how's your, how's your week been, guys? We'll start with you, Jason. How's your week? Uh, um, dealing with the stress of being back at work. Not oh, too bad. Gosh. But, in, you know, we've had some fun wrestle, wrestling stuff happening, so it's not too bad. Jen? Sad. I thought I had friends. <laughs> I thought I had friends, but yesterday I found out I wasn't invited to see the Bumblebee Bumblebee movie. Listen, listen. I was invited. I, you know, I, I'm special. Um, do, do not cut that out as a part of the promo. Uh, how, how have you guys been, Sam, Mike? It was Wrestle Kingdom this week, so really fucking good. Yeah. Yep. This was a great start to the year. I yeah. saw I saw the Bumblebee movie yesterday without Chan, and I got to say it was a great experience. Mainly because it was without Chen. And also, John Cena was actually pretty good. So. Everything's better without Chen. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see him. Um, sorry, I'm not even sure where this is fucking going. Anyway, fuck it. Let's just get on with it. So, coming up on this week's edition of the Holy Shoot podcast, we'll be reviewing New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 13. And then Sam and Mike will judge our fantasy booking of the first ever women tag team champions. We will also end with our usual weekly segment of the Ring of Dishonor. But first up is the news. So, to kick things off, uh, we'll start with the topic of New Japan. The announced Wrestle Kingdom 14 will be a two-night event next year, and they will also be hosting a show in London uh, later this year too. So, will you guys be going? And also, Jason, what do you think of the Wrestle Kingdom announcement? Wrestle Kingdom, we don't know much about this at the moment. We know it's going to be two days. We don't know that means it's going to be the same amount of matches or like longer matches. This is speculation right now, but it's interesting to finally do something that's over two nights. It's always been talked about mainly doing that at some point. Mm. Like we know too much. UK, it's interesting. If you look into it, they're running the Copper Arena. That's a 7,000 capacity arena. If you look at their last tour in 2018, they were doing like 2,000, 2,500 venues in Milton Keynes and Manchester. So that's a big step up. I'm wondering what data they've got to say that they're going to sell this out. That's a big potential sellout. Yeah. London's a bigger market. But so pro- that, that's yeah, but, basically it. Really. Yeah, but Progress did 4,500 at Wembley. So New Japan's a bigger brand. So wasn't that tour Rev Pro, not New Japan as well? Whereas this is a full New Japan show, which is kind of a bigger deal. So maybe they're hoping yeah. that will carry it through a bit further. Fair point, I think. But I don't know if I'm going to be going, but I might well, depending on the lineup. Uh, I think I think that's a fair comment. Like, I might go as well. Um, Impact Wrestling's homecoming took place on Sunday night. Johnny Impact and Taya Valkyrie are the new power couple as they both walked away champions. Rich Swan also walked away with the X Division title. I watched this show and uh, I really wish I was reviewing the show because I really want to go into ha- how fun this show was. I absolutely loved it. It wasn't the best in ring-wise in comparison to, say, Wrestle Kingdom, but it's the most fun I've had watching a show in a very, very long time. And if there's one match I recommend, it's LAX versus the Lucha Brothers for the tag titles. Mike, I believe you watched it. I did. This is my first Impact show, and I was very impressed. Um, I think I will be watching more going forward. And yes, that 
tag team match was fantastic. In, Very good. Indeed it was. And Chen, you filthy son of a bitch, I'm going to go to you for this bit of news. Uh, what did you think of the Priscilla Kelly incident this week? And before we divulge too much further, if you didn't know, uh, basically there's a big furor in the wrestling community online about whether the use of a tampon is too far, with many wrestlers joining in the argument about taste and so on, including Tessa Blanchard and Tommy Dreamer. So, Chen, you watched this incident earlier. What did you think? I loved it. Ooh. I wish I was there to witness it. Because at the end of the day, I get why some people are arguing because I think the match itself was pretty shit. But <laughs> it was just one memorable spot that happened. And got people, her over. Yeah, and people, and it's got her viral. And, you know, it's got mm. people talking about her. So it worked. But some people, like the old timers, are saying, oh, you should focus more on ring story. Kind <laughs> oh, Jim Cornette was pissed off. It was amazing. Like, the amount of people who were hating on the incident was Jim Ross, Gail Kim, Road Dog. Fucking David, what's his name? David, what's his name? David, a screen guy? Yeah, David that fucking yeah. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and yet we've had some... Sorry, I'm losing my shit. And yet we had stuff even worse or even more shock factor before, like Rikishi's stink face, especially when he's done it to women. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Joey Ryan's entire gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and, he, and thank God he was very, very supportive as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know we have other stuff like uh, you know the live sex celebration you know Randy Savage getting bitten by the snake and everything yeah people need to stop fucking complaining I mean to be honest I was a for me it's a little bit vulgar but on the other hand you know it's it's each to their own like it doesn't really affect me that much it's not the end of the world so yeah I I don't really like Joey Ryan's gimmick that much either but that's just me so but you know um, I'm not going to go online and complain about it so anyway i want to conclude this new segment with what i put in the script a big ass discussion about aew cody matt and nick jackson hosted a fan rally in jacksonville florida last night at the time of recording for the brand new promotion looking to challenge wwe they announced uh, the following stuff that's going to happen. Basically, Double or Nothing will take place in May, and it will be held in the arena in Las Vegas. They'll be doing a show in Jacksonville, too, with share of the profits being donated to the victims of gun crime there. They announced a partnership with uh, Asian promotion OWE. They will have a women's division. Um, that's not a surprise, because they did announce Britt Baker as a first sign-in uh, last week. They have also signed Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, MJF, Joey Din- uh, Joey Janela, Pac, and last but not least, Chris Jericho. But no Kenny Omega yet. What are your thoughts? I'm going to make a similar poker analogy here. So they don't need to show all their hand in one go. Mm. Who knows when they, if they're doing something with Kenny, when that could come out. But um, I, w- I watched the, this on YouTube. It was fun to watch and just see who was going to be the names that came out. It was a little... Amateurish in terms of like the way it's produced, it was hard to do, right? It was outside, it was like windy, they're not like, they haven't got a full production studio behind it, so that limited like the impact a bit. But it was cool to watch and just see that they seem to have a good plan in terms of, and good financial backing. Yeah, um, as someone who's been following the YouTube channel of Being the Elite and seeing this all being put together, um, the way they did it, it was very, very good. And like you said, they didn't have the production value or anything like that. But it was it's just always been like the Young Bucks way of being simple and fun. Um, as for Kenny Omega, I just think he probably just wants some time off. And they're just going to milk the situation of like, oh, is he going to appear in the Rumble? Or no. is he not? But they're just milking that situation. 
that mystery. Well, his contract expires on January thirty first, so yeah. I don't think you might not so, be able to. You might not be able to announce anything until February the first, anyway. Uh, so that's okay. what I think the situation is. He won't appear at the Royal Rumble, and that much is guaranteed. I mean, if he appears in the Royal Rumble, I will buy everyone in this room a packet of crisps. But the interesting thing is, Mike, Mike's well, salivating right each. now. Yeah. yeah, each, each, yeah. <laughs> Don't break the yeah. bank. Man. But the interesting thing is, I heard WWE made a great offer to him, and they also said he can have creative control, which yeah, I think that, is that's bullshit. been completely refuted. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah creative control has been refuted by Meltzer, I think. Uh, Mike, yeah. Sam, do you want to join in? I think Kenny is going to stay in New Japan. I think he he speaks Japanese. He owns a house in Japan. That's where he lives full time. Uh, he's well in with that company. They trust him to put the top belt on him. He doesn't have to kind of um, do anything he doesn't want to do for them either. And also his contract with New Japan, if it stays the same as it did last year, will still allow him to do dates for AEW. He just won't be full time on their roster and New Japan will get priority. But yeah, I think he's too ingrained in Japan. And I think this injury slash him talking about leaving in some of the Tokyo newspapers, that's just a work. Uh, and he's still, he's only one for one against Tanahashi. So they've got a rematch to come as well, I think, still. Uh, yeah, I've got to totally agree with that. I feel like this time last year we were in the same position. Wondering where he would go. And I think the WWE money offer will still be there this time next year. I think he's got a few more matches in him that he wants to do. Um, like Sam says, he is one for one. They will play on that later in the year. Yeah, I can it, see another year in New Hasn't Japan. it been officially announced that he's left by the promotion, according to Tokyo Sports? Yeah, he did an interview with Tokyo Sports where he said he's taking time away from the ring. And I think uh, at the press conference, they mentioned that he was leaving for an indefinite amount of time. But this is wrestling and Kenny Omega knows how to work the fans probably at least as good as anyone else in I, the business today, I, if not better. I, I classify myself as a smart, not a fan. You know, I'm, I'm a smart guy. Chen, you know that. Chen, you watch being the elite. Do you think the elite will stick together? Yeah, I will. I do definitely think they will, they will stick together. I think they're just waiting for other people's contracts to run out. In mm. ROH, for example, Marty's, I even th- Flip Gordon. I think maybe. Marty, re- Flip Gordon resigned for the promotion. I think Marty might have also resigned for the promotion too. I'm not entirely sure. And it's, it, was a, it was definitely a contract extension recently, I think. I hope I'm right. <laughs> uh, or if not, that's awkward. There was a rumour that Marty got offered big money by the Fed as well for when his uh, contract expires in April, but I don't know how much truth there is to that. Either way, that could be quite interesting as well yeah. and not something that's unlikely to happen. Mm. I, I'm curious about the women's division as well, just because they've only announced two people, I think. And yeah, also, uh, it's going to be very hard to compete with both WWE and Impact for talent. I just want to make, mention two things that mm-hmm. AEW are offering health insurance. Oh, yeah. So that's very interesting. And I think I heard some. I, did Brandy say that some of the women, the women would get paid similar to the men? Yeah. Everyone gets equal pay, yeah. yeah. No pay scale. But what does that actually mean? What does that like translate to in reality? Because yeah. wrestlers aren't on like a pay bracket. If you're on the undercard, you're not getting one fee. It's all individually negotiated. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know how much actual weight there is behind what she's saying. Unless she means like backstage stuff and stuff as well. Mm. Maybe. Possibly. Possibly. Well, uh, anything else you guys want to add before we move on? I like seeing Conrad Thompson. 
hosting the thing. That was my moment. I probably popped the most. Just seeing Conrad there. <laughs> just was funny to um, me. Absolute fanboy. What about Jericho? Are we going to talk about him? Do we? Um, I think we're just not surprised. Yeah. yeah. At this point. Uh, <laughs> you know, as soon as he played Fozzie's music, everyone's like, yeah, Jericho's going to be here. So, you know, it is a great coup for AEW. They needed that big name. Uh, Jericho's a bigger name than Kenny Omega anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. But I think they need a couple of more big names. I think they need a couple of WWE names to really establish themselves as a competitor. And I think that's what's going to yeah. stop them from being secondary to, you know, Vince McMahon's corporation for the time being. Anyway, I think that wraps up the big news of the week. After this short ad break from our affiliate, we will be reviewing Wrestle Kingdom 13. This podcast is affiliated with the WWL Meetup Group. WWL or Watch Wrestling London get together with many fans to watch pay-per-view replays on Monday nights and attend live events across London, be it WWE, Progress, Rev Pro, Eve and many more. It's a great way to watch wrestling with friendly people and all are welcome to join. You can find out more at WatchWrestling.London or just Google Watch Wrestling London and you'll find the meetup page. New Japan Pro Wrestling's biggest show of the year, Wrestle Kingdom 13, took place last Friday and it was certainly a surprising event in more ways than one. In this segment, we are doing a match-by-match review of the main card and then summarising our final thoughts on the show as, as a whole as well as giving our MVP for the night. Ooh. On the pre-show, just briefly, we saw the gauntlet match that was won by Team Yano. Uh, who wants to speak on this first? I'm going to go with one of our guests, Sam. Yeah, uh, it was a match that happened. Uh, it was fun enough for half an hour for a pre-show, but nobody's going to win any awards. Didn't really understand what the Elite were doing in it, but there we go. Or why Yujiro Takahashi was ch- teaming with uh, Hangman and Marty Skell. That didn't make sense to me, particularly because the following night he turned up teaming with Chase Owens in all his Bullet Club gear again and being like, screw the Elite, I was never friends with them i'm bullet club for life and all this stuff so i don't know get everyone on the card yeah basically it was a payday match yeah anyone else i mean just the same i just thought this is a notable theme of the elite losing throughout mm. the show yeah yeah they were eliminated first by a roll-up by david finley so yeah nice yeah i think i missed the rumble because this did replace the new japan rumble and mm. I, I, I think that's a I better like the, way of getting I, them on the card i like the new japan rumble a bit yeah more. yeah yeah you lost the element of surprise we knew who was in it there wasn't any real comebacks yeah but oh well who cares about that match first up in the main card though we saw england's will osprey defeat koto bushi to become the new never openweight champion in an electrifying match jason you were pretty high on this match weren't you yeah, I had two favourite matches on this show. Probably not the same as everyone else's two favourites, and they're two very different matches. And this was one of those two. I really mm. enjoyed this match. It had a hot start, some really good quick counters. I just love watching Will Ospreay in the ring, just watching the things that he breaks out. But always sort of blow my mind seeing the stuff that he can do. And obviously, the guys in the ring with was no slouch either. Jen so enjoyed it. No, sorry, Jen. Yeah, I was really looking forward to this match. Actually, this is the match I was most excited for because I'm a big fan of both wrestlers. And I just want to say, like, one thing that I loved about this match was the psychology itself and the selling. And what added to the match was the blood on Ibushi's face. And that the many counters that I had on this match, especially that Spanish fly counter off the charts. Mm. Ooh. 
Sam? Yeah, man. What a fucking match. Osprey showing that the heavyweight division better watch out because he is coming. And uh, afterwards in the press conference as well, he talked about wanting to tour the world, fighting other heavyweights with the Never Belt. So I think that's his kind of 2019 is going to be beating dudes with the Stormbreaker and hopefully giving them less concussions than he gave Ibushi. Yeah. Yeah, I really think this was a surprising match to start with. This is the first ever time a singles match has opened a Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I think we all went into it hoping no one would get too hurt. And we were expecting (laughs) some sort of injury. You know, we did end with a a concussion. Um, But it didn't come the way we thought. I think we thought there might be more high-flying, you know, climbing the, the tallest thing in the building. There was a lot more ground wrestling and the, the elbows and the kicks were a lot heavier than we would have thought. So, yeah, I was surprised with this match. Mm. I did like it, but not for the reasons I thought. Speaking I of kicks, I really like that kick that Ibushi... The, the, I really like that kick that uh, Will Ospreay did to Ibushi during that moonsault. Of, of the, oh, the, yeah. the golden yeah. moonsault, yeah. yeah. The one that Jim Cornette got really angry about. I <laughs> Someone said gifts of New Japan, Jim Cornette, he goes mad. Um, I thought this was a phenomenal match that should have been higher up the card. Uh, yeah. I think that much is obvious. It really told a fantastic story. I think that's been overlooked, uh, considering all the technical elements and the athleticism that these two guys have provided. Uh, just touching upon the injury aspect, it's a shame about Ibushi's concussion. I know the stretcher has worked anyway, but there is an element of me that wants both men to wrestle safer. Maybe it's the WWE side of me, but yeah, be- before especially with Osprey does any serious damage to himself because he's done it quite a few times. And yeah, yeah. And he's too he's he's too good a talent, both in the ring and on promo as well. I think he's improving a hell of a lot for that to be wasted. But that's just me. I liked uh, when he was coming down to the ring. He obviously had that hood on, mm-hmm. and he couldn't see the crowd. When he takes the hood down and sees the size of the auditorium, you see in his face he's going like fucking hell. Whoa. <laughs> really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a great match. I'm sure we can agree. So moving on, we saw. I can't be bothered to pronounce it. LIJ's Bushi and Shingo Tagaji, I can't pronounce names very well, defeat Suzuki Gun's Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado, as well as Rapongi 3K, to become the new junior heavyweight tag team champions. Was this forgettable or was this good? It was, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was an unfortunate spot for the match. It had to follow Osprey versus Ibushi. Maybe this match should have gone on first. It was also really, really short. For a New Japan match, it was 6 minutes 51, which is like no time at all for a New Japan match. Um, and basically was just meant to showcase Shingo Takagi and how much bigger he is than all the other juniors. <laughs> it felt like a come down match deliberately. In terms of, I think when you look at the pacing of the show, it was like deliberately that slowed down after that hot opener. Yeah, I didn't like this match at all. It's forgettable. It was boring. It was a waste of time. Uh, it was just an excuse to get six guys on the card and it's a shame because I really like Rapunky 3K I really enjoyed their performance at Wrestle Kingdom last year and yeah, yeah. this time they didn't get to show it off Mike yeah I think that's capped off the year I don't think 2018 was the best year for junior tag teams um, I think it was the Shingo show they've been really pushing him and I think he's got a bright future but no not really what we expect from the tag team so I'm looking at my notes and all I wrote for this match was was okay <laughs> <laughs> And I think that sums it up perfectly. So we'll just move it on to the Rev Pro British Heavyweight title match. As that changed hands, as Zack Sabre Jr. defeated tomorrow Ishii. Mike, since you met Ishii and pretty much cried at his presence, I'm going to start with you. 
first off, I didn't cry. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, I, I did meet him. He is one of my favourite wrestlers. Um, I love him. He's great. Th- this was one of those matches. I kind of knew he wasn't going to win, but I predicted he would anyway. I just took the hit. Um, not Again, not the type of match I expected. Ishii got very little offence in, and the bits he did were submission holds, which we knew he really wasn't going to win with. Um, I think the match went around 11 minutes very fast paced for what it was and really like the ending I do like that finishing move but I'm going to pass to Sam to name what it is uh, the, the, the finishing move the, ma- the move he had the hold he ended the match with was called hurrah another year surely this one will be better than the last the inexorable march of progress will lead us all to happiness but the cool thing was Kevin that Kelly is it's a great name for <laughs> that, is, that is legit the <laughs> best I wasn't going to try that it's, uh, it's the name of a song by youth movies who are a good band if you like post rock check them out um, mm. but Kevin Kelly called the whole move the whole move name as he applied the hold and Ishii tapped out literally the moment he finished calling it which I thought was kind of a cool cool, yeah. co- cool uh, what's the right word coincidence I, at that point I was like what the hell is that commentator talking about now now, now you've explained it to me I feel like an idiot Chen <laughs> you, you like to make notes on matches um. well First of all, I just want to say how great Zack Sabre's outfit was. Mm-hmm. Also, that we had a British referee, which was awesome. Cheese board. Yeah, cheese board, yeah. Good to see him. Um, and also, like, yeah, I think you guys said everything. We love the psychology. Um, also, the new title looked amazing to me as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that, yeah. That I thought it looked like a, a shiny title. never belt. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just so, point out, this does mean that Ishii still has never won a singles match at a January 4th show. You know, it's going to be a yearly stat. He's got to win one eventually. Oh, okay. <laughs> He'll retire on a victory. So, Jason. on this match, I said I had two favourite matches. This was the other favourite match of really? mine. Yeah, yeah I really enjoyed it. And really? I, thought when you, I think if you look at it as a companion piece to the Will Ospreay and the Bushi match, the different styles of this, I mean, they're both about the same length. And I can watch Zack Sabre do, like, this kind of smooth wrestling for hours. So I would have happy if this match had gone longer. I just really enjoyed it. I loved seeing, yeah, referee Roberts from the UK out there. That sort of made me pop a little bit seeing him. Really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to seeing the next title match of Sabre on, on this week in Guildford. Oh, yeah. It was, a, it was a good match, but I didn't think it was a great match. Sorry, Jason. Uh, I, don't, I don't really have many notes on this one. Uh, I, I, just, I love Ishii's performance as a no-seller and the fact that he's, he said the words, I quit, right? Um, to, you know, really sell how good that Sabre Jr. is. The master in no-selling is selling. Yeah, yeah. That is that itself was great bit of storytelling right there. But apart from that, I gotta be honest, I was slightly disappointed in the match. I wish I had more time. Well, you may have been disappointed in the match, but I really liked the fact that the crowd seemed to be in, interested in the match and it was a British title as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I personally it was my match of the night. Um I thought it was great, very fast paced. I thought it was like an old Daniel Bryan match from Ring of Honor or something, where any hold could be the hold that ends it. Um yeah, I thought it was brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Well I'm I'm glad it's uh, one of your guys' favourite match of the night. Um it was two for two for LIJ in the tag team matches this year as Evil and Sonata defeated the Young Bucks and the Gorillas of Destiny to become the heavyweight tag team champions once again. Is it just me, or did the Gorillas of Destiny steal the show here? It's just you. Oh. <laughs> I, no, I agree. I think they did really well in this tag match. I, I, I love their character work. Yeah, right the here. good guy Tamatonga is yeah. great. Yeah. It, made, it made up for the fact that they didn't have enough time, um, but you know, I, I think the right team won here as well. 
Yeah, think- I'm a big fan of Evil and Sonata. I was disappointed with the announcement of um, the Young Bucks leaving because we kind of knew they weren't going to be a factor. Um, made it a little bit pre- predictable. But yeah, I did like Tamatonga trying to be a good guy and I, I can see that leading to something big. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish they would push him more though, Tamatonga. I think he has a lot of potential. And um, also, Matt Jackson's psychology, the way he sells his back. I just love it. I really, I've got down here that I'm fucking sick of seeing a Young Bucks match where the first thing that happens is Matt Jackson gets hit in the back and then the whole match is, oh, can he do the moves he normally does because his back is injured? It's like a year and a half he's been doing it now. There's surely he can get another part of him injured. Or Nick could get injured. That maybe, would be a change. Maybe it's real, Sam. Yeah, pardon? Maybe it's real. Maybe it I mm. Still real to me, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Um, but yeah, I thought this match was also a very, very good match. Absolutely massive pop for Sonado when he got tagged in. I think he probably got the second biggest reaction of the night. Uh, the first biggest will come to a bit later on. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to get big singles push this year uh, if, the, if the LIJ tag team breaks up. Very exciting. Mm. I'm a sucker for good ring gear and an entrance. And Evil and Sandana, their entrance and the gear just looked awesome. I fucking love mm. Evil. Evil's one of my favourite New Japan guys. I just mark... Maybe it's just the name. Maybe it's just the look. I, he just is a total fun package. I love fun in wrestling. And that's what Evil is to me. Yeah, the promos he does are brilliant. Yeah, he's um, so good. I, well, I, I'm glad I, Jericho worked with him. I'm really glad Jericho worked with him. Like, yeah. Of all the mid-carders, he was the right person to work with, I think, for Jericho. Um, is that... Not for sure. I, I also just wanted to mention every single team in this match hit a magic killer, which was Gallows and Anderson's own finisher. I don't know what that means. New Japan likes doing stuff where it's kind of like uh, doing other people's moves and things. But yeah, I thought that was just quite a funny thing to mention. Speaking of a magic killer, Juice Robinson defeated Cody to become the new <laughs> IGWP US champion. Uh, Sam, I'm going to start with you. Did this match disappoint? Uh, I mean, I, I thought it was quite cool that Stardust versus CJ Parker was uh, the match that was kind of the top US title match for New Japan. I thought that's pretty cool. It's kind of showing that, you know, if you fail in WWE, your career's not over anymore, um, which is pretty cool. I thought this match was an American wrestling match, which is not really what I tune into New Japan to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was okay, I guess. I didn't like all the stuff with Brandy. I thought he, she should just be banned from ringside. Did you if, not think that it was just covering for the fact that Cody was really injured, so they were yeah. doing all the smoke and mirrors with Brandy yeah, and everything yeah. else? It just felt really obvious to me. Because yeah. Cody is a better wrestler than that, obviously. Uh, Mike? I don't think his heart was really in this match. Um I knew it was going to be better than the first time they wrestled Wrestle Kingdom two years ago, and unfortunately it wasn't. Um, definitely a Western-style match. First time I can remember in New Japan a manager being evicted, um, <laughs> WWE-style. Um, yeah, just one of those matches. It, it happened. Um, Juice is going to have a big year. He, he is a great wrestler, excellent promo guy. Um, I, I can see him having a fantastic G1 later in the year, so this will be a year for him. I kind of wish they vacated the US title belt instead of having this match. Because Cody was clearly injured and yeah, into it, that, and it, it just it suffered for it. Chen, what's your opinion on it? Um, it's like you lot say, um, it's a very Western match, but then again, it is for the US title. Um, also, I know you lot are shitting on Brandy, but I really liked her spit on Juice, as she did. <clears throat> spit on Juice. Not spit on juice, the spear on juice. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, was it a spitting spot? Yeah. Uh, it was like, Did you wow. not think that spear was awesome? I thought it was terrible the way he had to sell it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. really stupid. Jason, you haven't said much in this match. Um, no, there's not much to say in this match. I think, I think we we're all talking about it. It was the worst match of the card, I think, in terms of just like what was going on. Mm-hmm. Smoke and mirrors. I'm, Cody is a three-star wrestler for me, and this wasn't even at that level because of the injury. Yeah. Cody was wearing Jacksonville Jaguars gear oh, for that, this that match, was cool. which I thought that was pretty was cool. cool. Yeah, but that, that was all really... Yes. Well, speaking of losers... Like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sorry, Jason. Kushida lost to Taiji Ishimori, and Ishimori became the new junior heavyweight champion. What does this mean for Kushida going forward? I think we all know the answer. <coughs> and what does this mean for Ishimori too? Let's just throw that out there. Mike, I'm going to start with you. Um, I loved the entrance. That entrance was absolutely fantastic. It freaked Terrifying. me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing is, because he's so specific with him, with it being Back to the Future every year, you think, oh, what can he possibly do that's different this time? And there's always something. So before it even got to the ring, I was loving this match. But Mike, you're, you're like you're like more more of a New Japan expert here. Like, is this something he does quite often with this bizarre oh, kid yeah. in mask? It's like a regular yeah, thing. Uh, it, it's a bit like Triple H's WrestleMania entrance. It always has to be bigger than one before. So he has come out in DeLoreans and I, you know yeah. often has Doc with him. I, I love Don Callis but, just going, "You murdered the child! Yeah. You he murdered the child!" That was fantastic. Um, In terms of the match itself, Ishimori, um, I don't think, was the best opponent for him. Hasn't really done anything since Best of the Super Juniors. Um, And a running theme with what I'm saying here, we kind of knew Kushida was going. Yeah. Um, I I did find a lot of predictability in the outcomes of this. Um, What does this mean for Kushida going forward? Um, 205 Live is beckoning for him. Whether he can up that division, I I I think if anyone can, he can. it was a good match. Again, was it rushed? Was it too quick? Sam, will you answer that? Uh, I, d- I thought it went about the right amount of time. I didn't feel like some of the other matches on the card, I felt a bit cheated, like they could have gone on for 10 more minutes. This one felt about the right length of time. I thought it was a cool story, technique versus power, except power just one. Ishimori looked like a complete steroid beast in this match, absolutely jacked and chucking to Kushida around. Uh, he... Uh, reversed the second back to the second sequential back to the future that Kashida tried to hit him with like it was absolutely nothing at all and then put him away for a, what looked like quite an easy three Jason um, the highlight for this match for me I don't know if I describe it that well but there was like a sliding German when one of the guys was on the ropes oh, yeah. and he slid through German yeah. Super and slid outside the ring oh, that, was that, was, that was a beauty to see yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a really good move. Chen, what were your highlights just briefly? Um, I actually didn't mind this match. I mean, I think Mike said it was maybe too short or too... Yeah. But I think because the match itself was very, very fast-paced, that's why. There's a lot of moves in that match that happened. Yeah, I think if you compare it to last year's Junior Heavyweight Championship, which was match of the night, in my opinion, see so yeah, it, it's gone down a bit. But the match was good. Yeah, I think the match was good. For me, I just felt like it needed a few more minutes. And speaking of a match which I felt that needed a few more minutes, we saw Jay White defeat Kasichika Okada in what was the biggest win of his career and arguably a big win for the Bullet Club brand. Is Jay White a future face of New Japan Pro Wrestling? Jason. So, I mean, before we go into the match too much and that Jay White's future, I just want to say what I really liked about this match. And correct me if I'm wrong, but there was no multiple finishes. 
when I watched it and I looked at this mm-hmm. note, they, they kept building to trying to hit their finishes. It was story-based in terms of whoever hits their finisher is going to win this match. They were building towards that with counters and reversals, just getting out of the moves. And then when they hit them at the end, there was lots of counters. It happened. It popped the crowd quite a bit. I really enjoyed watching that finishing sequence. And that's what made this match stand out on the card was it wasn't the multiple finisher kickouts or hitting of them. Uh, a card of thighs got the biggest pop of the night, though. I, yeah, I, think, yeah. I, th- I think we can all agree on that. Especially when he <laughs> he was wearing his old uniform. He wasn't wearing the long trunks. The fans really liked that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's back to being the Rainmaker. But as this match demonstrated, it wasn't enough. Akada needs to look forward, not back. So I don't know what's coming <coughs> next for him, but he clearly needs to make some big changes because going back to being the Rainmaker got him completely pasted clean by Jay White. Yeah, I really enjoyed this match, but... As I said, it felt for me the finish felt very abrupt here, and I, I I don't know why I just didn't like it, and it felt like it could have done with five more minutes. But up until the point where it finished, I absolutely loved this match. Uh, I'm not a Jay White fan. I don't think he should be the leader of Bullet Club. I'm just going to say it. I don't think he has any potential in terms of being a, a top guy, but his in-ring work is fantastic and, I, yeah. and so was Akada's. Chen, you want to say something? I am a huge Jay White fan. I really, I'm really glad you. Why doesn't this surprise me, you Baron Corbin fanboy? Do you like those? Like, those are your guys. I mean, if, if Jay White shaves himself, will you love him even more? <laughs> Listen, he, he's just so really, really good. I liked him since last year's Wrestle Kingdom. Corbin fanboy. Okay. Um, I really liked Jay White's outfit and I especially liked it when Jay White won and Don Callis shouting, Did you see the new era? Alright, we're in the cutthroat era now. Okay. Yeah, again, I really like this match. Um, one of the best matches of the night in terms of ring work. Um, really liked how it was laid out. The lack of multiple finishes was a big point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see Jay White going on after this and having a fantastic year. I think this was the big match that really brought him out. It was great to see the Rainmaker back without balloons and all the silliness. Um, Looking forward to seeing what happens. Um, so one thing I didn't like about this match, and it's just in Japanese wrestlers in general, what is it when they're laid out on the floor? Why are their eyes always open? Like they don't sell, okay? Don't, Jim Cornette gets really angry about this, Chan. Come I, on, follow Jim Cornette. I've, no, I've not noticed that myself. Sometimes I think the camera work in New Japan is a little bit more amateur-y than in WWE. So sometimes it catches things that you're not supposed to see, which maybe you wouldn't. On like a big a big show something like that okay i actually think it's more realistic that way i mean if if you watch boxing for instance when they get the big knockouts they're lying there with their eyes wide open if you if you think why would you be lying there with your eyes closed it's a natural thing it actually i like that way fair enough fair enough mike the boxing expert as well the new japan expert in the house sorry sam you're only just a new I'm, japan expert no no it's i'll take that it's fine yeah yeah uh, do you like boxing no okay. i only like pretend fighting uh, anyway, uh, it's real producer Chris is getting really angry in the corner, you know, mainly because he doesn't have that sweet Saudi blood money. So anyway, Tetsuya Naito defeated Chris Jericho to regain his Intercontinental Championship, completing a big night for the LIJ stable. Was this as good as their match at Dominion? I'm going to start with you, Chen. Um, I preferred this match. Really? Compared to their first match, to be honest. Well, why is that? It was just more violent, in my opinion. So, more, more violence equals better. Yeah, just that's. I just liked it more. Yeah, Fair last on. week you were having a go about David Arquette. <laughs> David Arquette. Yeah, but that's that. That he could died when he had that <laughs> neck car. Okay, <laughs> all right, he could have died. 
I think half of those New Japan wrestlers could have died with some of the stunts <laughs> they've done. But, you know, and like, I think with Don Callis, he's really sold this match, especially when he was trying to be a, the biggest cheerleader for Jericho and everything. Um, you know, when Don Callis was shouting, for example, to finish him, finish him. Or, you know, like when Nitro kicked out of account and, and Don Callis was saying, in Canada, that will be a three kind of thing. Yeah, Carlos is very good. Yeah, or, I call, love or calling that the match was over when Jericho rang the bell when he was in the timekeeper's area, which I thought was a brilliant moment. <laughs> and actually, he said it so convincingly that I thought that surely that match is not over after like five minutes or. But yeah, it was Jericho doing it himself? Yeah. So, Jason. Um, yeah, I enjoyed the match. I think it escalated, went through the gears pretty well. Mm. I mean, I'll throw to Mike to talk about it more, but I also want to ask him a question because he'll know the answer. Why does Naito do that weird eye thing? Why does he always like, pull his eye open? Does anyone, can anyone explain to me why he does that quickly? I, I can't tell you exactly why he does it. He's done it ever since he came back from his um, vacation yeah. to Mexico. Any it's, particular reason he landed over there? Tranquilo. It's the tranquilo, like, relaxing eye. I think all the guys in Los Ingobernables... Los Ingubernables. No, the the CMLL faction. Okay. I think they all do that as well. So that's where so that's he like a it tribute from. to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Lij is yeah. a, the Japanese version of that faction. Um, yeah, they are. I learned something. Yeah, I already knew that, but that's because I'm a smart. I think boss. comparing it to the match at Dominion, it's two very different matches. I think the story at Dominion was Naito just thought he was coming out for another match and tried to be all tranquilo and got absolutely dominated for that match. Um, this one, which was no DQ, it was actually no DQ because Naito wrote that when signing the contract to scribble no DQ beneath that, it. That was yeah, a great promo. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think I think it was very different. The DDT on the table was fantastic, oh. um, absolutely sickening. Um, really love this match. This is my match of the night, um, and I've loved every Jericho match since he's returned to New Japan. So I'm really hoping we get more from him in the future. Yeah, I also like the spot where Naito was strangling Jericho using his scarf. Yeah, that oh, was yeah, a that good was cool. Yeah. I prefer the match at Dominion, mainly because I didn't expect Naito to lose. Uh, so you know yeah. that, that that's that, I think that's the only reason why because I expected Naito to win here lost its predictability um, it wasn't because I thought oh it might be the end of Jericho's time in New Japan it's just I thought that was the way the story was going it's just Naito was going to win the belt so it's just kind of like eh also won. we've got to talk about that power driver oh that was amazing amazing shame about uh, Jericho being sculpted but yeah. <laughs> worth it worth it yeah, I thought this was a good match, good story. Uh, can Naito stay tranquilo in the face of Jericho, giving him, like, trying to get him riled up? There was one point, I think, early on in the match where Jericho was outside the ring. Naito went to do the tranquilo pose he does, where he kind of lies down on the floor after running the ropes a bit. But then he sees Jericho outside and he tries to go for a dive. And Jericho just completely sees it coming and absolutely smashes him with a kendo stick. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. And then uh, Naito kind of brings it back in, stays calm, and ultimately wins the match. I also thought the moment where Naito has to use the belt he hates that he's fighting for to defeat this man he hates was excellent as well. Uh, absolutely brilliant match. I hope this isn't the last of Jericho in New Japan because I want him to feud with... Or what I want to see is Jericho joining Suzuki-Goon and then feuding with Suzuki to try and turn it into Jericho-Goon, which would be excellent. <laughs> and maybe Jericho would appear in Rev Pro. <laughs> yeah, and maybe Jericho. Re Rev Jericho. Yeah, ah, nice. Uh, uh, Mike, would you be interested in Rev Jericho? 
I would love to see that. I don't think we're going to be that lucky. Uh, um, what don't, I would love to dreams. see is Naito very quickly lose the belt and move up to the main title scene, which is where he belongs. I Will think. that ever happen? I think we've been waiting for like two years for that to happen. Uh, I think we've been waiting oh. maybe five since he won G1 and didn't get yeah. to main event Wrestle Kingdom, but yeah. this, this has to be his time. Also, great cro- code breaker by Naito when oh. Jericho. That, oh, that yeah, code that was... breaker killed him. I thought the Dominion match was better, but I gotta admit this was one of my favourite matches of the night. But I'm gonna say this, guys: the main event was my favourite match of the night by far. Kenny Omega, Hiroshi Tanahashi had one of the longest matches in Wrestle Kingdom history. Tanahashi won the World Heavyweight Championship for the seventh time, I believe, in a near 40-minute bout. Is this a five-star match, or am I asking a dumb question? I thought it was, yeah, I think it's definitely worth at least five stars. Right from the beginning, I was hype. Uh, from Kenny's entrance, I'm a huge fan of the video game Undertale. I think it's absolutely brilliant. So it was really cool to hear that music and see the, the video that Toby Fox, who obviously developed Undertale, produced for Kenny, especially because they announced before that they weren't going to use it. Uh, and then the match itself was absolutely fantastic. A storyline of two conflicting styles going against each other. Uh, but each man is so kind of desperate to win that they'll push push into the other styles they're not used to. You see that with Tanahashi going for the high fly flow onto Kenny and on the table on the outside. That was a great spot. Beautiful yeah. spot. And it, it got completely trashed. So when Tanahashi tries to wrestle Omega's way, he gets completely beaten. When Omega tries to wrestle Tanahashi's way, he also gets beaten as kind of uh, highlighted by um, Jer- uh, sorry, Omega pulling Tanahashi into the ring instead of taking the count out victory, which would have let him retain. I thought that was really cool as well. Yes, I think definitely a five-star match. Really loved the story leading into this. Um, what I also really like is Tanahashi winning the G1 to get this match is their version of Money in the Bank. This is now the first time in history that somebody has successfully cashed that in. So very different to how WWE portrays yeah. that same thing. Um, really like the table spot with Tanahashi having to go to Amiga's level to try and get the victory and I was I was actually surprised he won I thought Amiga was going to be winning this one um, so it was nice to be wrong about something because I've been saying how predictable this event was mm. um, really did yes like this match uh, I had Tanahashi in the predictions because I don't think even Kenny Omega could turn old veteran comes back for one last one run with the belt against the new upstart and then loses into a good story um, but yeah still very cool match Chen, Jason, five stars, is it? So, first of all, I like what Sam said, at least five stars. We've well, done the new Meltzer scale. Yeah, so, yeah, is that yeah. out of like seven for you? Uh, so, it's a five. <laughs> Nine. I mean, yeah, so um, I'm going to say it wasn't five stars for me. It was four and a half. It wasn't quite five. Boo! Get <laughs> out. I really enjoyed it. I've got, maybe I've just got a higher bar for what it's like, you know, the perfect five star match for me. I really enjoyed it. That table spot, you know, where the cross splash was crazy. I liked the psychology of the match with um, the working on different body parts by both of them. Um, a couple of things for me is like the one winged angel was never actually hit so it felt like they were protecting Omega's finish yeah. so they've got that to come back to if he is staying around and also how long was Kenny's reign because it just felt like this was quite a short reign he held right. Dominion six months yeah, six I months. guess after how long the reigns before him have been it just felt like yeah. a short reign Carter had like two years wasn't yeah. it yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Just over. Really, I mean really really enjoyed it but it's a four and a half not quite so, perfect so what me. would the half a star have to be 
Where I think I just from? needed a little bit more drama, maybe. It just didn't quite get there for me in terms of, like, you know, what? hitting that top level. Tanahashi hit the styles clash. What more What, what? more drama do you want? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't completely, like, wrapped up in the moment, I guess. That's all I can say. It didn't have that one, that little bit extra for me. I think we have to bring Watt back out of the Ring of Dishonor for this one. <laughs> what? <laughs> Boo! No, that's banned. That, that's that's an old wrestling version of yeah. hell. No Chen, you, five stars for you or four star? What? Yeah. Oh, oh my fucking days! I'm just used to seeing Kenny have. This is from the guy who thinks Elias is a great wrestler, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and he likes Baron Corbin. Let's not forget that as well. I like Baron, but not as much as he does. I mean, you're listen. Both hear me out. Kenny's had so many amazing matches. Sometimes you kind of get numb to them, and you need to see something more extraordinary from him. And that's the way I see it. Um, I did enjoy the match, especially um, the psychology of working on Kenny's leg. That dragon screw on the top rope was amazing. The sling blade at the edge of the ring was great. But, um, yeah, and like you said, I was surprised to see the stars clash. Yeah. But, like I said, Kenny's had so many amazing matches. It's kind of, he always needs to keep upping them. And, like, and I feel like maybe because Tanahashi, how old is he? 45? Yeah, in his mid-40s. 78. Yeah, he's very old. <laughs> if this was someone maybe younger, he could have done more of... Kenny could have done more crazier moves maybe and stuff. I don't know. But, like, sometimes it's not just about the wrestler, it's about the dance partner he's with. But it was still a good match, but not four-star for me. Wow. Uh, I was... Bit surprised by uh, your guys' reactions. For me, it's five stars. I thought this is already a. Also, um, I just mm-hmm. want to say I was very surprised that if this was Kenny's last match for New Japan, he he didn't really get a big send off or anything. The focus was still on Tanahashi, kind of thing. Well, yeah. if you if you're on your way out the door, bye. Simple as that. Like, you know, I don't think this is his last match, and the very fact that it, he didn't have one great title defense match in fact the whole reign since he won it he's been you know kind of lost in the tag situation yeah um interesting you say he didn't get the big send-off i really think that's another sign that this is not his last match mm. yeah it's very hard to say where kenny is going next whether he stays in new japan or goes back to new japan eventually yep. whether he goes to AEW or wwe is it's all up in the air but yeah, yeah and in general f- the whole or elite mm-hmm. just lost in this pay-per-view <laughs> But, you know, they're on their way out. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to put people over on your way out. So it's good booking. It's sensible booking. They're not going to carry titles or vacate the titles. It's just dumb. And if you watch Being the Elite, you would like their segment where they were all crying together and hugging each other when they each lost their matches. Oh, yeah, it was good. Yeah. 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 I think the takeaway from this match is Kenny didn't hit the one-winged angel, which means there was no... Uh, sorry, and if anyone's going to kick out the one-winged angel, it's going to be Tanahashi. So there's still that kind of drama to... Play out. I don't think there is going to be any drama to play out. I think Omega's gone. And if that's the case, then I think it was a great match to end his career at New Japan, uh, at least his, uh, at least his current stint. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. I think it's not his last match because if you're going to pass the torch, you pass it to a younger guy, right? It's not necessarily about passing the torch. I mean, they've, they're losing a lot of guys at the top of the New Japan card or in the mid card as well. They're losing a lot of recognisable names, so who better else to put it on, you know, their version of John Cena. This is what WWE did with John Cena. This is what New Japan's going to do yeah. with Tanahashi. It's sensible booking. It's booking 101. It's like, we're going to go to our default guy and then, you know, we might build up Jay White you might build up Carter's character like again. Yeah. I would have liked to seen Kenny pass it to Jay White. I'm just saying. 
Jay White's got to earn his stripes. This yeah. is New Japan. It ain't WWE where you give every man a fucking world title match. And that's a refreshing thing about uh, New Japan. So I'm just going to wrap this up um, because we don't want to take too much of your time, ladies and gentlemen. Just briefly, guys, I'm going to go around the room. What are your overall thoughts? Who's your MVP of the show? And also feel free to give a letter grade for the show too. We're not doing star ratings. We're going to do letter grades uh, between A, B, C, D, and F. You're allowed plus and minuses as well. So, Sam. Um, yeah, I thought this was an excellent show. Zack Sabre Jr. is an absolute demon in the ring. And he's now said he's going to sort out Brexit for us all as well. So that's really good now that he's won the, no the deal. pro belt. No deal. I'm joking, by um, the way. <laughs> I am joking. I'm, uh, no, I can't make Sorry. So, um, yeah, I thought, yeah, the Rev Pro belt being on the title was really good. Seeing all the British lads up there, extremely good. Uh, I'm going to go Japanese style for my letter grading, and I'm going to give it an S. Or, in fact, no, a triple S, which is above A if you've played any video games. So, A plus then. A plus, plus, plus. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I thought this was a good, solid show. Um, I think at times it seemed a little bit rushed. Yeah. Um, a bit more aimed at Western audiences, which is not what I expect from New Japan. It had two absolutely fantastic matches, being the last two. Um, what what would I grade it? I'd, I'd go with the old Daniel Bryan and give this a B plus. Well, who do you think was your MVP of the night? Um, for me, I have to say Naito. I think that he really raised that match to the next level. Mm. Um, I think he took some amazing shots in there, and I really think he is the next big star. That's great. Jason? MVP is a hard one. I'm going to just pick Osprey because he's the first name that comes to my head and how much I enjoyed the opening match and him just getting the whole event going and some of those moves he was doing. In terms of grade, I mean, I refuse to do this alphabetical thing. It goes against everything I believe in. You're so doing it because I wrote it. 4.25 stars. So that's an A minus, son. <laughs> Chen. Uh, Jay White's my favourite. Yeah, okay. So cool. it's between Jay White and Will Osprey. <laughs> But I think it'll probably go to Jay White. Uh, no, I'm joking, it'll go to Will Osprey. I enjoyed that fair much enough, more. Fair enough, fair Will Osprey uh, is my MVP. Um, I'll give them, I'll grade the match, um, the pay per view, sorry, a B. Yeah, by the way, I am joking. I do I do like Jay White's in ring ability, just to clarify. I am going to agree with Chen here. I did not think this was a great show. I actually had more fun watching Impact Homecoming, even though the in-ring work is way better in New Japan, I must admit. Calm down, guys. But yeah, I'm going to give this a B. I didn't have much fun with this show. I thought largely it was predictable. I thought after Osprey Ibushi, it went downhill quite rapidly. However, the last three matches, I'm going to include a card of versus White, were all f- four and a half star and above for me i thought they were all fantastic matches really enjoyable so if you're new to new japan if, if you're new to new japan then i would say you know watch those last three matches in particular it's a great introduction my mvp has got to be kenny omega the best bout machine every single time i'm just blown away by his in-ring ability he is something else he is the best technical wrestler the best uh, he is just the best wrestler in the world full stop I know I said Becky Lynch last month but I kind of regret it uh, but Kevin Kelly called him the most physically dominating wrestler in the world which I think he's is, so yeah. gifted inside outside the ring and every time I'm just mesmerised by his ability he, I might have a man crush on him I'm not sure but uh, you know I thought this was fantastic so anyway that concludes our New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 13 segment thank you Sam and Mike for your contribution to the show I hope 
you don't mind sticking around as we want you to judge our next segment where myself, Chen and Jason book the path to creating the first ever women's tag team champions. I mean, I do mind sticking around, but you've locked the door, so we've got to stay. Good. <laughs> hey, you. If you like the podcast, then remember to like the Holy Shoe Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoe Pot. Do it! Do it now! Mr. McManticles, yes, I said that, announced on Christmas Eve that the women's division will have tag team championships for the first time in a very long time. So this week, I have set myself, Jason and Chen, the task of fantasy booking the path to creating the first ever women's tag team champions. We will then discuss our ideas before our esteemed guest, Sam and Mike, who judges who wins this bout of fantasy booking warfare. So who wants to go first? I'll go first because I've got the best idea. So it seems like fighting talk. Let's start at a higher level. Okay. All right. So I have booked this tournament style. This starts after the Rumble. I'm not sure exactly when. Instead of it's one match a week and so on, but ultimately this will peak uh, a few weeks after. So I'll, I'll talk you through it. So we start with I'll start with Raw. So we have a tournament style bracket. We have four teams on each of the shows. Nia Jax and Tamina go over Moon and Natty. And then in the other match, the Hug and Boss connection go over the right squad of Logan and Morgan. Mm. So probably as you would expect, getting those the two stronger teams through. I then have Bailey and Sasha going over Jax and Tamina to win the Raw bracket. That frees up Nia Jax to win the Women's Battle Royal at WrestleMania. So she's now got something else going on there. On the Smack, on the Raw side, that meant I had to leave out a couple of teams that I thought I could include. But on SmackDown, there's less women, there's less teams you can put together. So this is a bit harder to know for sure. But I've got the Iconics in the first round versus Carmella and Lana. Mm-hmm. But I've ended up putting together because I thought, why not? They can be beaten by the Iconics. Um, then you've got Sonya and Mandy. So they need to take on Naomi as a face. And with the whole Oscar, Becky and all this wrap up, there's no other faces for her to be with. So I'm putting her with Nikki Cross in mm. the odd couple tag team of the first round. And somehow that works. And they go over Sonya and Mandy. That sets up also this ongoing feud with the Iconics and Naomi about the Usos. So we can have that going on. But I have the Iconics winning that match. This goes to WrestleMania. We have the Iconics versus Bailey and Sasha. This isn't going to be one of the main matches on the show. I'm thinking this is like first hour of the main show, though, because it's historic. It's going to have to be on the main card as they crown these champions. I have Sasha and Bailey becoming the first ever women's tag team champions. And you may not notice I've left off what's about thinking about the Bellas and Trish and Lita. That's saved for evolution down the road. Ooh, love it. Love it. Chen. So just to clarify, Jason, your tournament takes place near WrestleMania. Well, WrestleMania. I've got to work out the exact dates. Is it one match per week? But you're thinking it's after Rumble, but it accumulates and final is at Mania. Okay. Well, Chen, let's let's get on with your idea. So I just came up. It took me like one minute to come up with it. I didn't put that much effort. Oh, dear. Uh, Again, you're just going to say something random and it's going to work. You're like the worst booker and the luckiest at the same time. Isn't this how WWE book angles anyway? Pretty much. They write something and then Vince comes in and goes, change it! Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Chance McMahon. So, mine takes place near the winter time. It'll be like, it'll be round about probably for Evolution or maybe another female pay-per-view, like Queen of the Ring or something like that. Mm. And forget 
I'm not going to do what Jason did with the brackets and everything like that. I'm just going to go straight to the semi-finals. All right. In one, the first match in the semi-final will be Charlotte and Becky versus um, Sasha and Bailey. Ah. And Charlotte and Becky have put their differences aside because they want to make history by becoming the first ever women's tag team champions. Okay. And during this match, Sasha will finally go hill and betray Bailey and beat the crap out of her and walks away. And that's when Becky comes and applies her submission for the win. And they will go to the final. In the second semi-final match, it will be Tamina and Nia versus the Bella Twins. Right? <laughs> Nia destroys the Bellas in a squash match. In a squash match. We don't need the Bellas anymore. Okay? Right. <laughs> this just kind of sounds like your dreams of, of WWE. Yeah. Who cares? It's fantasy booking. Continue, Chad. Continue. And then we go to the final. Yep. And basically, just to clarify, the semi-finals and the final match happened on the same night. Or like Jason, who spreads it out weeks and months away from each other. Yeah, who wants to make That's money? Tournaments don't draw. Oh, yeah. um, and in the final, so obviously it will be Becky and Charlotte versus Tamina and Nia. And this will be the first time Becky and Nia have come face to face with each other since the TLC pay per view where Becky punched Nia in the face. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Yep. Well, who in this doesn't? match. Nia punches Becky again in the face multiple times and just wins the match easily and injuring Becky in the process because <laughs> she has to go shoot a movie, the Marie Seven. Oh, I, oh, well, I mean, what a great way to end a pay-per-view that would be. <laughs> the amount of heat. I just... It'd be like Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton over again, just yeah. confused and angry fans everywhere. Uh, when but... I, that's the funny thing. When I was booking this match, I was thinking... Okay, I want something. I want to book the final like how they book Roman and Brock or Roman and Braun Strowman. Leave the fans with an ugly taste in their mouth. <laughs> At the end of the okay, night. Okay, we're, we're going to discuss your idea a bit more, but uh, I've gone similar for Jason. I'm going to book this round WrestleMania. It's the tournament style. Four teams representing Raw and four teams representing SmackDown Live. They are the Boss and Hug Connection for Raw. They are the Boss and Hug Connection. Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. Nia Jackson Tamina and the Riot Squad, and they're going to have Freebird rule over it. And on SmackDown, we have the Iconics, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, Naomi and Lance, uh, Naomi and Lana because they like dancing, and Carmella and Nikki Cross because Carmella is tagged with crazy people. So, to kick off this tournament, Vince McMahon, not Stephanie, comes out on the Go Home Show for Fastlane and bellows, "We're on the road to WrestleMania, goddammit!" And we need a fast lane to get there, goddammit. And I promised women's tag team titles. God damn it. <laughs> and there is a pay-per-view this Sunday called Fast Lane. God damn it. So I'm announcing an eight-team tournament that will start this Sunday, you lousy son of a bitch. God damn it. So Vince is angry. Vince is always angry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Fast Lane has two first round matches. Uh, the Boston Hug Connection versus Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. For the Raw side and for the SmackDown side, the Iconics versus Carmella and Nikki Cross. Both the faces win, set in a good mood and a good start for the tournament. And then we continue on to the following Raw, where the Riot Squad beat Nia Jackson Tamina. Meanwhile, on SmackDown, Corey Graves' Wet Dream and Sonya Deville defeat Naomi and Lana, with Mandy pinning Naomi to end this feud and for the rights to marry Mr. Uso. 
Turn up face versus heel. Right to marry Mysterio. That actually, you're booking that in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's um, about time we had an angle like that in the WWE. Anyway, <laughs> so this um, basically helps set up a face versus heel dynamic in the semi-finals. So, in the semi-finals, we have the Boss and Hug Connection on the following Raw defeat the Riot Squad by the skin of their teeth. Meanwhile, Mr. McMahon's type and Sonya Deville easily dispatch with Carmella and Cross. This sets up the Boss and Hug connection yet again versus Kevin Dunn's favourite and Sonya Deville. I would then have these guys have a 10-minute match to open the main card of WrestleMania 35, and I would have Sasha and Bailey beat the future Mrs. Uso and Sonya Deville. Charlotte would beat Asuka for the SmackDown belt, and Lynch would beat Rousey for the Raw belt, and all four horsewomen celebrate at the close of Mania a la TakeOver Brooklyn. And then the night after Raw, Shayna Baszler debuts and Rousey turns heel and capture what is rightfully theirs, in their opinion, setting up a long-term feud between the four horsewomen of WWE and the four horsewomen of uh, of MMA. And that's how I booked the first ever champion plus a little spin-off. And Mandy Rose marries Jay Jay Uso. Okay, Shane, let's start with you. What's your opinion? A what? Of your... Yeah. Too long, too. It's too cluttered. Too cluttered. Too you cluttered. You okay. think they can put all these tag matches on the road to WrestleMania? Yeah, I mean, Raw three hours. It's got fuck all. Oh, just because you want three hours of Baron Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about three matches on Raw and three matches on SmackDown in total before Mania. When you're doing that kind of booking, that's easy to get done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Okay, so Chen, what the fuck was yours? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, it was interesting. Like, I'd be like, "What the hell was that booking?" He had an injury in the booking, which I yeah, thought was quite. Like, you just want <laughs> Becky Lynch to get beaten up. You want the balance no, to I die. I love Becky Lynch, but I just want to. You know, sometimes Vince McMahon he does he makes the opposite decisions, and I get it just to piss off the fans. So you just want you're actually a heel in real life. And not only that, you got to think about the road to WrestleMania. So much is going on right now. There will be no shine on the women's tag matches. And just to let, be them cl- have, let them have it on a women's pay per view. Just to be clear, before they launch the biggest TV deal in WWE history with SmackDown, you bury the two hottest women on SmackDown, including the woman that might be the face of. But SmackDown. the deal's already been signed. But let's just go back. Just go back. You bury them <laughs> okay. as they launch the show. Yeah, well, that's what yeah. I understand. Yeah. That's the booking. Yeah, Jason, I'm g- they'll come back to Road to WrestleMania. This is set in the winter time. Remember, yeah, that? when they launch okay. on SmackDown on Fox. Oh boy, uh, that's my uh, main issue. I think the uh, whole I, no, I, just no. It's it's so horrible. I kind of like it. I really like shit booking. I'm a Vince Russo fanboy. Not that I like Vince Russo as a person. He's a bit of a tosser. But uh, so. Uh, Jason, I have the slight issues with yours. Iconics in the final. Really? Yeah, I figure really? there's got to be someone going into the final to face the sort of Sasha and Bailey. And I thought on SmackDown, who can I put in there with heels? And I thought they would be more interesting on the main, on that show. But Sonya Deville's been booked stronger, and Mandy, man, I mean, I jokingly said it, Mr. Man's type and all those sorts about Mandy Rose but Mandy Rose is also like she's going to be pushed further so yeah. I just think the Iconics are more going to be the longer term tag team mm. they're quite boring though I'm not I'm not a big fan of the Iconics this is just how I see it being booked and yeah. then see when Sasha I think about your final celebrate. what I think is oh. yeah it's, I mean it's very hard to book Smackdown versus Raw in these matches but I think that's like the most sensible way of booking it 
to get over the fact that it's a cross-branded uh, belt, as far as we know. To be clear, I've got the historic moment of Sasha and Bailey winning the tag belts at WrestleMania in, like, let's say, maybe the opening or the second one. That's the, that's the headline that comes out of it. Yeah, my, my headline <laughs> is Sasha and Bailey with all the four horsemen in the ring at the end of Mania 35, and then that gets destroyed the night after with Shayna Baszler. And one of my headlines is Sasha finally turning hill on Bailey. Look, that's, okay. look, that's really good. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I really like that booking, but at the same time... And that's just the semi-final, not the final. Yeah, okay. at the same time, the final, Jesus. I want to throw this at the judges. Yeah, I think we have to we'll get angry. So, Sam, Mike, have you come to a unanimous decision on this one? Have we? I don't know. Have we come to a unanimous decision? <laughs> what are we meant to discuss first? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, give us, us both, both individual opinions yeah. first. I mean, from my point of view... Your ending, Chen, was not how I see any storyline or pay-per-view how it should end. Um does have the massive advantage of getting rid of the Bellas, so I, I, I really did like that. You can't look, and you also <laughs> can't touch. <laughs> but no, Naya repeatedly punching Becky in the face to break her to end the pay-per-view, not really. See, I think um, Naya's, you know, Let I was thinking... Let the judges speak. <laughs> You've had your time. Okay. Sam. What do you think of Chen's first? Yeah. um, (laughs) I don't know if kind of burying the two biggest, arguably, or maybe not biggest draws anymore, but certainly two reliable draws in the Bella Twins is the best financial idea. I felt like your booking, Chen, was if you didn't want to make any money, but you didn't want to have fun, then that's what you would book, maybe. Wow. So what do you think of... So so coming down to the other two, you know... Similar with the tournaments. Um, both of you have Nikki Cross losing her second, well, which will be her third match. She um, would have had singles matches on the show at the same time. She, you can't just okay. insert that. Yeah. You can't I just insert that. that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, imply that she became a tag team specialist. <laughs> just to be clear. Um, I, I was also surprised nobody used Lacey Evans in any of their tag teams. I, she was I considered Lacey Evans, but I thought she'd be on Raw, so that's what, that's, okay. that's what I'm Yeah. Thinking. And also, I just went straight to the semi-final. All okay. right, she was earlier, was she? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I think because Broad used... Charlotte and Becky in his story and I think they should be kept away from the tag team and and focused on the singles I think I'd have to go for Jason just because similar format but wrestlers that I can see being in it and I do think the Iconics do work well together they get the heel heat um, I'd, I'd be happy to see that they match. get no heat what about Nia and Tamina they get heat Chen you've got Tamina with a title what in about yours exactly it's about time so what about Sam Sam what's your opinion um, I mean, yeah, similar to Mike's. Um, I thought, yeah, both very solid uh, sequences of, of booking. Um, I thought the one that I would go with most of all was probably Brods because I really, really like the idea of the four horse women versus the four MMA horse women. That's a storyline that I think WWE won't do, but they should. Uh, and so, yeah, it was. It, I, I like that ending to it. Oh, that's it. Wow. Split decision then. Split decision. Uh, Chris, do you want to actually chime in for once? You're allowed to talk now. Broad. Okay. <laughs> I win! <laughs> I win! Ah, I knew creating this segment was good. like Lana. <laughs> Broad is the best. Broad is number, number one. one. Broad is the best. Broad is number one. Why don't Thank you for joining in, Sam. Much appreciated. It's all right. You, you're, you're, you're welcome back anytime. <laughs> Cheers. Anyway, that concludes uh, this segment. Uh, I win. Sorry, Jason. I, 
FYI, I would have actually picked Chen. I actually really enjoy Chen's fucking... <laughs> So uh, I'm just going to leave on that side note. Sorry, Jason. Well, I had the shock factor. I, I th- <laughs> your, yours was so shocking. I liked it. Your Jason's was yeah. really solid. I was like, I really if I was both. in TNA and I was Vince Russo when I was in charge of TNA, what kind of shit can I book? Chen. <laughs> <laughs> The Vince Russo of the WWL. Yeah. Chen would definitely be the new Vince Russo if he got hired by any company. Anyway, let's just uh, move on. I'm taking taking applications, by the way, so if anyone's out there who wants to hire me for booking... No one's hiring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hire this guy and he'll have your top stars beaten in their debut match straight away. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. This this segment's gone off the rails, ladies and gentlemen, so we're just going to move on to the Ring of Dishonor after this break. Lastly, it's our weekly segment to close the show, The Ring of Dishonor. For those who haven't joined us on the pod before, it's like Room 101, but wrestling in an audio format. Each week, one of us will nominate something that they would like to see enter the Ring of Dishonor. The other three people on the podcast will decide if it is worthy, or shall we say unworthy enough, to enter the Ring of Dishonor. Since there's five of us, there's six of us this week, five will decide. So, oof, oof. Anyway, last week, Chen submitted stereotypes to the Ring of Dishonor, and, well, since Chris wasn't around, it became a split decision, with myself voting it in the Ring of Dishonor and Jason keeping it out of the Ring of Dishonor. So, Chris, after listening to the podcast, is stereotypes going in? Okay, so I know everyone's been waiting for this decision. Uh, I think everyone made some good points, um, but I'm going to have to... Put it not into the Ring of Dishonor. What the? Wow! Good choice, Chris. (laughs) Chen, I'm so sorry, but it does not go into. uh, It's not going to enter the Ring of Dishonor this week. I'm afraid. I'm very, very sorry. Chen (laughs) is crying. Chen is actually look. He's actually upset. He is actually upset. If we're this was a video podcast, you can now he's smiling, but he's really gutted. He's really gutted up. He, he's smiling, but you can see the pain behind yeah. his eyes. It's, it's like England losing in the semi-final all over again. <laughs> anyway, Jason, I need you to spin the wheel to see whether yourself, uh, Chris, or me have something to submit right. uh, this week. Spin the wheel to make the deal. Did you guys build this yourself? It's amazing. So high tech. Oh, it's Ooh. Jason again. So, right, straight into my nomination. I hinted at this earlier when I was commenting on one of the New Japan matches. I'm going to put in multiple finisher kickouts. This is my nomination. So you see this at New Japan and in WWE. It stood out for me in New Japan as well, but they're both guilty of it. Five F5s from Brock. Free attitude adjustment from Cena. Um, you know, I miss when it was about hitting the finisher and the art was teasing that you were going to hit that finisher all match. And then when you hit the finisher, the match was over and a kick out was extremely rare. So does a finisher mean more when you have to hit it multiple times compared to Jake Roberts hitting that DDT and that meant the match was done? Or Hulk Hogan's leg drop. And the only two times people kicked out of it back in those big glory days was Warrior at WrestleMania 6 and then Vader did it once in a WCW match. And the crowd went mental because they were not expecting it. You should use your finisher to end the match. 
and it's so obvious now when we go we're coming to wrestlemania you know in the main event someone's kicking out of someone's finisher three times or at least a couple of times before the match is over i think we should get rid of superpowers at big events which involve you suddenly being able to kick out of more finishes than normally so my nomination is finisher kickouts multiple finisher kickouts I agree to an extent that it's overused, but at the same time, wrestling's moved on from the 80s. Chen? It doesn't bother me at all. It, it keeps me at the, on the edge of my seat when I watch these matches, and there's so many close calls. It keeps you on your seat when you know they're going to kick out of multiple finishes before it finishes. Not all the time. You don't know. That's I a, do. That's, maybe, that's maybe I'm just more intelligent. I don't know. Whoa, whoa! You might be putting some people offside here. Uh, what about uh, you guys, Sam, Mike? What do you want to say? Uh, yeah, I'm actually with Jason. Uh, I think I really hate it when people kick out of the finishes. It completely negates the power of the move. It just means it's another move in your arsenal, like a back suplex or something. You're a Takes new Japan away. guy. Yeah, I know. And uh, Kenny Omega's finisher is one of the best in the world. When he hits the one-winged angel, you know his opponent is done, and that's it. The match is over. Nobody's ever kicked out of it. And okay, that yeah. one is a particularly good finisher because there's so many ways you can set up for it and then reverse it into other things and stuff like that. It's like when Triple H used to hit the pedigree, people would only kick out of that very rarely. Uh, I think, yeah, it, it, the finisher should be what it is, a finisher. Yeah, I'm agreeing with Jason here um, for a slightly different reason. I think the people who are finished with one finisher these days look weak because so many people have kicked out of so many of them. Mm. So, for instance, Roman kicking out of six F5s and Braun going down to just one. Bit of disparity there. Um, I'd, you know, I'm, I'm an old-fashioned fan. I'd like to go back to where a finisher does what it says. I mean, I agree to an extent that it can be overdone. In the case of that Brock-Roman match from WrestleMania last year... It was nightmarishly horrible, like uh, F5 spear, F5 spear. I think it's also just very lazy booking. Mm. I think that's what more. I think that's more of a problem. I don't really mind people kicking out of other people's finishes. I think it adds an element to unpredictability. I'm saying multiple kickouts as well. So this is guys kicking out two or three in a match. Yeah. It yeah. only happens on pay-per-views, though, right? Yeah, and it should stop because suddenly you get superpowers on a pay-per-view. Yeah. Well, maybe the wrestlers should have more abilities in the arsenal I feel like yeah, it, more moves <laughs> I feel Be like Seth Rollins <laughs> oh man <laughs> uh, I feel like in defence of New Japan the way they do it there is that people tend to not hit like what you'd call the whole move so like Akada might hit someone with a spinning rainmaker instead of the full like pullback one and then they'll kick out of that because he didn't get the whole move or like Tanahashi will hit the high fly flow in a weird way and then they'll kick out of that because he didn't get the whole thing and that's one way of, of telling a story as well uh, and keeping it exciting when like the full move happens. Okay. Yeah, and, and again, in New Japan, somebody like Naito who has the Destino. I can't actually remember the last time one Destino did finish a match. So with him, it's like, it's his big move, but he does need to hit two or three of them. And that's part of his gimmick. So, yeah, same with Tanahashi, eh? Yeah. Jason, yeah. you're going to WrestleMania, right? Yes. You're going to be on the edge of your seat when people kick out multiple finishes. I'm going to watch you, Jason, yeah, like a we're fucking record hawk. It, I'll right? be like, yeah. I mean, if you guys have paid attention when we've been at live shows and I'm watching main events, I know it's like, I've seen people get really carried away. It's like, that's not the finish. Boo. You're a bore, Jason. You're a I bore. Just, I will enjoy, I'll enjoy WrestleMania, but I know the first couple of finishes aren't going to be the end. So what I'm going to do now is go around the room to say whether it goes in the ring of dishonor or not. So, Ken. It doesn't. 
For me, it doesn't. I'm going to go to Sam and Mike because their answers are obvious. Uh, yeah, it definitely does. Yes, and it goes. Okay, so Chris, you have the deciding vote because I deliberately framed <laughs> that because you had no ability to speak. Uh, it's going in. Oh, 3-2. Yeah. It's going Thank in the ring of dishonour. Thank you, Chris, dishonor. and our guests for seeing sense and also being intelligent. It has Chris, you mystery. redeemed yourself in my eyes. <laughs> How does he <laughs> redeem? <laughs> I had a hatred from him because he, he, he vetoed my other one. My he's still really angry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, oh yeah, he's just disagreed with you. Your get, position get over in this it. is as confusing as your <laughs> booking, Chen. <laughs> get, just, you know, get over it, Chen. Just get over it. So, next week we'll be doing a Royal Rumble of the Royal Rumble's greatest moments and Jason does a deep dive into wrestling music and who knows what other stuff we might be putting into the ring of dishonour. So, that's all from us here at Holy Shoot. We hope you've enjoyed the show and our esteemed guests this week. Remember to subscribe to us on all good podcast outlets and give us five star on iTunes. That would be very, very helpful. And some bad ones too. And give us a follow on the socials. Now that's the bottom line because this Pod says so. I'm an ass man.